Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of Believe in South Carolina is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Now, time for Believe in South Carolina. Michigan at the 41. What a hit! Ball's free! On the ground! South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do! But I'm pretty sure the cockpit will be full. Students, uh, college students, really look for any reason to drink. So I think they'll be there and be be loud and rowdy. Hell yes, yes they do, Corey. Yes they do. That was Corey Rucker Corey, on Tuesday. You know about drinking, man. How, how, how do you know college students <laughs> have any opportunity? Look for any opportunity to drink. That was Corey Rucker on Tuesday, just hours after the University of South Carolina announced that they will be having a Thursday night game in order to stay away from the hurricane that will be hitting the coast this weekend. What's going on, everybody? This is Mike Yuba, and alongside me is Marcus Lattimore. This is Believe in South Carolina. Marcus, I know you know a thing or two about Thursday night games. I know you know a thing or two about just midweek games at that, so we will get into that shortly. But, yeah, Thursday night football, Corey's ready. I mean, look, I get it at the end of the day when you have to make drastic changes like this you're not going to be able to accommodate everything and certainly the most important part about all this is being able to have a football game played making sure everyone's safe it does stink that there will be some fans who look forward to Saturdays in South Carolina not being able to go to the game but um I still think that place is going to be rocking regardless if there's 70,000 in there or 30,000 I mean we've seen in the past you don't need a full house there to get that place loud and it's for our safety, you know, mm-hmm. it's for, I mean, South Carolinians, keeping them safe, keeping everybody late. in my prayers down in Georgetown, Buford, Charleston. I mean, like, it seems like almost every other year there's something that happens, uh, you know, just like a catastrophic natural event, you know, particularly with us being on the coast, being so close to, to the Atlant- Atlantic Ocean. I mean, it's just... It's always something that, that that happens and people get displaced and uh, hopefully that hopefully it's not as bad as it, it's it's projected to be. But, um, yeah, just just keeping everybody in my prayers down there, because, I you know, I remember the thousand year flood, you know, that happened a couple years ago. And, you know, pe- people lose everything. They lose their homes. They lose uh, all of their belongings, they have to move to different states. But, you know, w- w- one thing about it is like I-, I remember, you know, seeing images of the floods, you know, in- even in Columbia, but particularly down in Georgetown, you know, those Gamecock flags were still flying high. So Gamecocks and Clemson 
and everybody else you you are you are in our prayers as as this thing passes by but yeah thursday night it it mike it throws a wrench in things now at, at the end of the day what Corey said is is true football is football you know <laughs> college, college students they're gonna come out and you know most of them have set up their class schedules to the fact that they don't have class on friday so thursday is the night you know S- saturday is really sometimes just the icing on the cake but as you know I mean, Thursday nights in, in any university across the United States of America, that's where it's going now. I'm pretty sure that's where I, when all the hmm. bars make their money. Thirsty but. Thursday. But, I mean, I feel like, look, and this is just as an outsider, Marcus, and I know as a as a um, a good, smart, hardworking student athlete, you would never, ever go down to five points, ever. Um, during your time at South Carolina. So you have no idea about what I'm about to say. But it, it feels like it's Thursday night every night down there. It doesn't have to be Thursday. But um, look, look, I, I think, and I, I do want to bring this up, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, this announcement just came in. But I know some people were missing it earlier because it wasn't when they made the announcement on Tuesday morning, as we taped this on Tuesday, they didn't have what, station the game will be on just announced sec network so you're not going to have to worry about you know putting tinfoil on the old cables and trying to move them around and the antennas or trying to download this app and put that code in here and do that if you have the sec network you're good if you don't have someone that you can go over their house and go watch and if you don't have a friend make friends i don't know what to tell you sec network that's where the game's going to be on marcus um Look, there's so much that I want to get into about this game in particular, but I feel like we have to go back to last week. And I want to bring up the run game because they needed to do that. They need I don't care who they were playing. And I said this on Twitter. I don't care if it was TikTok tech. I don't care who it is. You need to be able to do the 295 yards rushing. They scored on every drive that the starters were on the field. Marshawn Lloyd was incredible to the point to the point, Marcus, where I don't even know if you're aware of this, and I have my stat already for us here. This is from my coworker Colin Taylor. Marshawn Lloyd is one of just two South Carolina running backs since 2000 to average at least 11 yards per rush and score three rushing touchdowns in a single game against an FBS opponent. The other was Marcus Lattimore. Pretty good company. Mm. I think this was a statement. I mean, obviously, everybody was pissed off after last week. Everybody in the locker room, fans were a little bit upset. You know, you're playing the number one team in the country on a national stage, and you don't perform as well as you want to perform. It was, it was, it it, it was probably sickening all week. You know, and when, when something's sickening, you just want to put your attitude into your work and that's what I feel like what that's what I feel like happened I mean the offensive line they although it didn't seem it they improved they have improved every single week and they are solidifying you know it may not look like it you know but it in from what I saw there was a lot of improvement in the line of scrimmage not, not moving a few more centimeters to the 
the other side. And it really doesn't matter who you're playing because you look at Charlotte, you look at Georgia State, you look at App State. I mean, like all of those teams that sit within the Southeast that 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 have built uh, programs that are are scary, quite frankly, mm-hmm. to ACC and SEC teams. Uh, you, you're playing quality football players. Like there's some guys that were at South Carolina who are now at Charlotte. You know, a linebacker in particular. His name is on the tip of my tongue, but I cannot remember his name. They have players. So, I mean, to see that and know that Coach Beamer's attitude, like his his attitude was, was on display on Saturday night, in my, in my opinion. And like, okay, let's get our respect back. Because, you know, when, when you, you get, when you get bullied a little bit, you want to prove that, oh, nah, I'm not about to get bullied the rest of the season. And, Getting into a rhythm of running the football, going into this stretch, is so vital. And Marshawn Lloyd uh, hmm. is not hesitating at all. Uh, he, Coach Beamer, I think he, Coach Beamer, I think said it best. Marshawn Lloyd ran with bad intentions. Uh, hmm. He was dominant. He was fast. He was like just running with so much fury in him. Um, it, it was just like a. It, it was really a joy to watch. I mean, we're we're all proud of him and what he has overcome and accomplished. But he, he's he he's done with the roses. You know, he he doesn't want any more compliments because of that. No, he wants to be in that conversation. He ran like he wants to be in the conversation as one of the best backs in the country, and that's what he's looking like. Uh, just. Just his, uh, just his ability to to finish runs and make people miss, and, and, and I don't know, it's special. It's it's a special, special talent that he has, and it has grown every game. I, I I saw that anger in his, I saw the anger in, in his legs when he was running at Arkansas, and I knew, oh, it clicked right there. It, it it clicked on, and he has not cut it off since. And I mean, that's exactly exactly what we're going to need on Thursday night against, as you know, Mike, a really good team. Hmm. And I know you mentioned it before we hopped on here, Marcus, talking about Marshawn, 15 carries, 169 yards, three touchdowns, and again, Hmm. 11 yards per carry, which is impressive. I don't care who you're playing. You're able to do that. You're able to give yourself and your team a chance to be able to win by doing that every time you touch the ball. And, I do. I do think when you look at stats like that, um, it's it's important to be able to. It's important to be able to to realize how impressive that really is. You want to throw Kevin Harris in there. He also, <laughs> I mean, shoot, you know. Granted, it was against an FCS opponent, but I mean these stats, and I'll never forget this game. Kevin Harris did against Charleston Southern. So I'm pulling this up, Marcus. So Marshawn Lloyd, right? 15 carries, 169, three touchdowns. All three guys I'm going to bring up, you and Kevin as well, three touchdowns. 11.3 yards a carry. When you did it against Troy back in 2010, seven carries, 102 yards, 14.6 yards carry. And then Kevin Harris, I still, this is, I don't, I get it's Charleston Southern, but still. 
Six carries. Three of them went for touchdowns. 147 yards rushing. He averaged over 24 yards a carry. That game, I'll never forget. South Carolina put up like 70 points, I believe. Um, That game was just absolutely insane. And Marcus, you were still at South Carolina, I think, at that point. That was 2019, correct? It it looked like a train. just Just picture a train going at full steam. And like people are running after the train, just trying to hang on. Like like people are just trying to grab the handle of the train, but it's it's moving at such a fast speed that they can't even grab a handle. Uh, just like in the in, in the middle of mountain somewhere, like that that's that's exact that's the only way I can describe that game that Kevin Harris had, and uh, it really it's it's. <laughs> It's scary trying to tackle those legs, man. Like you, you just can't. Yeah, that 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 performance was uh, a, a man amongst boys. I mean, it, and it's just like you know those guys that you see in little league. Just those guys that you see in little league that that are just yeah. way bigger than everybody else. And it's like, why are they even in this? Why are they even in this age group? Like, get this guy out of this age group. That's what Kevin Harris did that night. So I bring that up, though, because obviously it's good to be able to look back at the past, be able to reminisce a little bit. And I've had a chance to be able to see Kevin. I've shared this on Gamecock Central, had a neat little interaction with him. We talked in the locker room, and Mr. Kraft, Bob Kraft, walked on by in the locker room, and we had a nice interaction and, you know, introduced myself. And he's like, where'd you come from? I said, I'm from here, but I was covering South Carolina. I was covering this guy. And I pointed her up behind me and Kevin was sitting in his locker. And Bob Kraft just smiled because I said, you got a good one right here, Mr. Kraft. And mm. Mr. Kraft goes, he's like, we think he can be very special. We, mm. think we, we think we have something special in him. And Kevin told me that the way he's viewing his time right now on practice squad, very similar to when he came in at South Carolina. And how he was at the bottom of the depth chart, essentially, and had to work his way up. So that's how he's treating it in New England. I can tell you from talking with different players in the Patriots organization, they all love him. And as you know, Marcus, he's the type of guy that just goes in there, puts his head down, gets his work done, and wants his actions on the field and his actions amongst just his peers to speak for him. And that's what he's been able to do. So there's your little... uh, Kevin Harris NFL update, but uh, I'm sure that has to make you feel happy though hearing stuff like that. That's I don't know what like what what a what an image though, you know like Mr. Kraft standing right there, Kevin Harris is in his locker. You're right there, you know like it, it just it, it it's gonna be the start of a beautiful story in my opinion. Um, Poor Kevin, poor Kevin, poor Mr. Kraft having to talk with me. I mean, you take me out of the picture, and that's a beautiful picture. You know, I mean, this this is like this is like someone had like it wouldn't, some. It wouldn't uh, fit without you. It wouldn't. Someone fit had this is, this, is, this is like someone like had a beautiful painting, Marcus, and then there's like a little kid with Cheeto fingers, and like you know, just touch the picture. I'm the Cheeto. I'm the Cheeto fingerprint. That's art, though. That <laughs> adds to it. That that adds to the picture. So that's that's that, right? That's the run game. And I wanted to really hit on that. Before I go into this, I have to bring this up. 
What's his nickname? What should Marshawn Lloyd's nickname be? Because Kevin Harris was the bus. No one's dubbed him a nickname yet. I mean, I know he calls himself Uno, but what should Marshawn Lloyd's nickname be? Yeah, that's a number. I don't know about that. It's like a flash when I see him. I'm just uh, – and, and that, that, that flash will run through you. That flash will jump over you. That it, It's just so electric. Electricity comes to mind when I think of his game. Uh that 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 same electricity in a different manner that A. Sanders gave us. Mm. I, I, I just I don't know, man. I, the flash high praise right like there. Flash hits me when I think about Marshawn Lloyd. It's like that's I, high like praise a, right there. Lightning, please. That, well, it's the same. It's the same excitement that I felt when Ace put the ball in his when 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 it was in his hands. It's yeah. like oh shit, something. Something exciting is about to happen, and we don't we don't know where it's gonna go. We don't know how it's gonna end up, but we know something exciting is gonna happen. Well, he did that. He certainly did that, and this could be a work in progress. We'll have to ask Marshawn what he thinks. You know, you know people, and I'm Marshawn. I'm picking on you, buddy. But we know some people are are sensitive to nicknames. You give a nickname, they're oh, I don't like that. You know, so I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Marshawn for the most part, unless you call them like I don't know. Fluffy. I mean, I think he's going to be fine with whatever nickname you gave him. That, that was my nickname. I know you heard my dad before we hopped on, Marcus. When I had a soft practice, like when I first played Pop Warner back in the day, second grade, third grade, if I had a soft practice, he called me Fluffy. Oh. That's how he got me tough oh. early on. Yeah. They had me on the offensive line, though, at first. I All 50 that. pounds with a couple rolls of quarters in my pocket to go to make weight. Um, Marcus, how do you and, – and look, South Carolina State, they're not the South Carolina State of last year when you had a guy like Kobe Durant at corner and some of the talented players we've seen. Um, and I know he's changed his name, Darius. Shaq, Shaq Leonard, that, uh, that's going to be weird to keep saying, Darius. But Shaq Leonard now playing for the Colts. Okay. So I, I say all that because – Again, you should be able to beat South Carolina State handedly. You were able to do a lot of good things against Charlotte. And I know there's going to be some people that look at what happened from an offensive standpoint. We can talk about defense in a little bit, but from an offensive standpoint, and they're still skeptical. Is it the opponent or is this a combination of the two? So the way I looked at it, Marcus, is that they needed to be able to find that confidence. And I felt like it was going to take until week four just because – of the way the setup was, right, with the schedule. Week one, you have a new quarterback, first time going out there, being able to figure out the timing of the of the pocket, when to get out, when to step up, timing with his receivers and tight ends. Week two, well, you're going to Arkansas, tough team. Week three, probably the best defense you're going to play all season. So you don't have that time really to grow. I felt like they growed a little bit from week one to week two, took a step back a little bit just because Georgia's so good defensively week three. But we start coming into fruition week four. You're trying to carry that over now into this week. How much stock should we put into what we saw last week, though, from USC going into this game against South Carolina State? Well, I think the game plan will be simplified simply because of time constraints, which I think is good for coaches. You know, you don't have time to overthink. 
you hang your hat on what you do well. And man, we ran counter well. We ran inside zone well. I believe that was a glimpse of what's going to happen on Thursday night against Charlotte. Charlotte, what happened against Charlotte is a glimpse of what I believe is going to happen on Thursday night against South Carolina State. You know, simply because your offensive line is building their confidence. Mm-hmm. Marshawn Lloyd is building his confidence with Juju and, you know, everybody else who, who, who came into the party and ran very well. Hang your, hat, hang your hat on this and allow things to open up. You know, like, like I, I mean, it's just that that formula that we that we went with against Charlotte. I think it should be replicated. I mean, I I don't think this is a real complicated thing. You know, like simply because you you have you have some better players. You have better players. Your offensive line is gelling. Uh, Mark, the more confidence that Marshawn Lloyd can gain, the better going into what's about the, the gauntlet that we're going to have to go into. So I'm I'm excited to see us run the football over and over again and overpower our opponents because it's the it's it's the attitude that you have to build once you hit that SEC stretch. And uh we we, we all know that's that's just going to be tough. So you know with and you know with South Carolina State of course, they're coming in hungry. A lot of the guys want to come to South Carolina. Uh, it's only 45 minutes to an hour away. They're going to come in hungry. They're going to come in ready to go. You know, so we got to be ready for them to throw everything at us, you know. But going into the game, keep it simple. Keep it simple. I mean, heck, it's Tuesday. You know, it's you got you got a day. You got You got tomorrow with no pads on. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I mean, why, why even, why even try to game plan anything else but to do do what you know you can do now, and and that's run it, run the ball. And it was good. It was good to be able to see the offensive line be able to put a great game together like that because they've took a lot of hits. Some rightfully so. Some maybe. At times, it's just easy to point at, right? It's kind of like the quarterback and OC. When things don't go well, it's really easy just to point at them, even though there could have been some misblocking assignments by the tight ends. Maybe they didn't block down. Maybe a running back missed the blocking assignment. Maybe a receiver didn't run the right route, right? So it's really easy to look at that. But give credit, too. Give credit when it works, and it certainly did last week. Having a game like this, though, again, that you should be able to win, And I'm not trying to downplay South Carolina State, but you should be able to win this game. No doubt. This timing, this stretch with Charlotte last week and then South Carolina State this week before having to get back into SEC play. I mentioned the word confidence, Marcus, and I felt like that's what we saw from last week, and hopefully they can continue that this week. Aside from confidence – which is a big part of it all. What do you want to see again this week to make you feel better and should make fans feel better before they head back into SEC play the following week at Kentucky? No turnovers. 
Mm. No, no turnovers. And, and be dominant on defense. Don't 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 just that. Don't just do enough. Don't just do enough because you know in that first half we were. It, it's so easy, you know, when, when it's not re-emphasized over and over again to play down to your opponent. You have to re-emphasize that it's you versus you. It's us versus us. What did? How can I get better on the next drive? You have to keep re-emphasizing that to yourself when you when you're with an opponent that you're supposed, to, quote unquote, supposed to beat. You know, kind of like <laughs> Texas A&M was supposed to beat App State or. You know, just like you have to reemphasize that to yourself over and over again. How? What can I do better? What can I do better? Like, or your or your play will slip. Be dominant on defense. Don't give them the be stint. Don't give them anything. But more than more importantly, on offense, do not turn the ball over. You know, make smart make smart decisions. Make good reads. Wrap the ball up. Keep it high and tight. And we, 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 we do those two things and, and we keep carrying that consistency. You know, you use the word confidence. Yes, confidence is building. Like, and you, you're going to need it. You know, if, if, you, if, you, if you don't believe that you can go into these SEC stadiums and win, you're, you're just not going to. And if you don't, and if you haven't done it, like if you haven't, done it in in real game time you know re- reading your blocks and, and, and on on the offensive line the guards and the centers working their combo blocks up to the linebacker if you haven't done it over and over again you'll never have any confidence can we be consistent is the question you know like j- just because Kentucky or A&M or, you know, these these, these teams that, I, you know, I hate to look forward, but but these teams that we'll be playing, like, just because, yeah, they, they, they may have a guy who weighs about 10, 15 more pounds, you know, yeah, you but you still use your technique. You still do what you're supposed to do. Hmm. And can we be consistent? Can we be consistent? Can we protect the football? Like, if, if we protect the football, we're going to give ourselves a chance in every – single game and against South Carolina state it's imperative like that like that we see that that we see no turnovers you know because if that if that just becomes a common theme like a thing that just happens over and over again it's just yeah <laughs> I'm, just, I, I'm just gonna stop there no but I'm glad you talked about turnovers I'm glad you talked about turnovers because it goes into what I wanted to bring up next. Okay, this is just the blind resume, blind resume test here. Okay, play along with me. If you're listening at home, you can play along too. There are stats out there, and I've mentioned this before. I've mentioned this with Akib Talib, right? One of my favorite, one of my favorite quotes about stats, right? You know, people that dry hump stats to make a point probably prefer reading sheet music to hearing the actual song play. Okay. So one of my favorite, favorite quotes. I think that's so great. I remember a reporter asked him something, and then he just spit that right back. Such a great quote. Such a great quote. But obviously in the media, as fans, 
Well, we, we all do it. We all use stats. And that's not to say stats don't tell the story sometimes, but they don't tell the full story. And I think that's important when we're talking about turnovers here. I'm going to look at a stat that a lot of you know. It's called QBR, okay? 81.6, Now, that's not to say which one is like, you know, it's not to say which one would you, what I'm trying to get as of this, Marcus, you hear those numbers, right? 98.8, Of those four, based on that stat, based on that stat, what do you think a lot of people are going to say they'd get rid of first? The 38.6, because they look at that as being the lowest. Well, let me go and show you the rest of that stat line. 17 of 23, 187 yards. No interceptions, no touchdowns. There we go. Okay? Some of the guys that had higher numbers, the 81.6 one, 16 of 28, 143, two touchdowns with two interceptions. The 98.8, two of three, 63 yards, touchdown interception. That was Luke Doty. Rattler was the one with the lowest. 17 of 23, 187. Yeah, he didn't throw a touchdown pass, but he didn't throw an interception. In the game plan, it was evident. It was evident. They ran the ball 40 freaking times. So I bring this up, Marcus, and I don't know if you necessarily agree with me. Mm -hmm. Maybe you already know where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. Number one, when people want to get – upset about okay we have all these receivers we do this and that we got spencer rattler he came through a touchdown pass can't even hit 200 yards first off it's the game plan to run the ball you're going up against a team who going into last week ranked third to last in the country in rushing yards allowed dead last in the country in total yards allowed for a defense okay that's number one but number two they scored on every freaking drive does that mean that rattler was perfect certainly not but some of these statistics, and I saw this on the Insider Forum on Gamecock Central. I had to bring it up. You see it on Twitter, too. But this one really stood out to me because they sent that graphic. Don't get so caught up in some of these stats. Don't get too worried about how many yards is, is Josh Van having this week. How many touchdown passes is Spencer Rattler having? Okay, I'm not saying that they don't need to play better when they play better competition. The point being is you're really going to try to get upset after what we saw last week, they started scored on every freaking drive. You want to complain they didn't score on the opening drive and they settled for a field goal? Fine. They scored on every drive when the starters were out there, Marcus. And the defense is being like slowly by slowly, little by little, you're you're wearing that defense down. Mm-hmm. When, when and you're slowing the and, and you're you're speeding the game up giving your defense a lot more energy, defense a lot more juice when they go out on the field, when you control, you're controlling the narrative of the game when you run the football and you run it handedly. You're opening up a lot more space for Spencer Rattler when you run the football handedly. When we develop that rhythm, when when the, 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 the rhythm that we're developing 
in, in being able to move people backwards is going to open up Spencer Rattler's view. It's going to open up all the lanes downfield. You, you, so those, you, you see, he, he didn't have, how, how many attempts did he have? Rattler had 23 passes. And if you want to look at Doty, Doty added number three. So I say that because as a team, they only threw the ball 26 times. As a team, Doty, uh, of course, with those three. So Rattler only had 23 attempts. That, that, that tells you all that you need to know. The, 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 the amount of pa- the, the, the pass attempts that we had, that, that, was, that was secondary. Mm-hmm. That was the that was the idea going into it. That was the mindset going into it by the coaches that 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 the coaches funneled down to the players. That that is only going to help us. That is only going to help Spencer Rattler. And we are control. Like we we get to control the narrative when we run the football. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to do. Like uh, Coach Beamer said it in the press conference. Yeah, I mean, yes, things have not not have not been explosive as we wanted them to be in the first three four games, and you know we constantly have to remind ourselves that again this is a new thing, right? With new people, like if because if we lose sight of that, we we won't give. We won't give time things to manifest in the way that they are. They because because it is like you get that running game going, and, and those lanes start to open up. Okay, n- now now we start to see what what everybody wanted to see, and you know that's that that a little bit of that fun and gun that Spencer Rattler has in them. Mm-hmm. But establish the run game first, because when you whether you go back to Oklahoma. You you look at what they man they ran the football and they opened up lanes like they opened up lanes downfield. You you have to establish that first. Doesn't matter who you are. No, and I and I couldn't agree with you more. And we had Mason Zandy on with our mix in a water segment that we did on Monday. We had Perry Orth after the game on the GC Live post game show, and they both said the same thing. And they also went on to add, and I'm sure you would agree with this, Marcus, that a lot of people will look at that, they'll look at the statistics, and they'll get upset or they'll get concerned. I think that's a better way to put it. They'll get concerned about the passing game because certainly running for 295 yards, you're not going to be able to do that against the Kentuckys and Florida or Texas A&M. You don't, you're not going to do that consistently. Maybe you have one of those games and you're able to run for close to 300, but certainly you're going to have to be able to establish the passing game a little bit more. But at the same time, too, being able to run the ball in the manner in which they did, it can help be able to not just set up the pass, but it can help with that confidence. Yeah. Because offensive linemen can go out there. Yes, they're run blocking. It's different than pass blocking. But at the same time, too, guess what? They feel better about themselves. The offense as a whole feels better about the scheme and the system and that trust. And I'm not trying to beat a dead horse. Yeah. You bring up, man. You bring up a good point, though, Mike. Like you, you really do about that confidence piece with the offensive line. Offensive linemen want to run the. Let, let's let's. They want to run the ball. They want to run the football. Mm-hmm. Like that's why they started playing football. I'm pretty sure in every little league, 
every little league game that they every, each one of our offensive linemen has ever played in, they ran the football probably 75% of the time. That's why you get into the game. Like that's why offensive linemen love it. They get they want to pancake somebody. It's hard to pancake somebody when some when when defensive tackles and defensive ends are rushing at you. You know, the, the, they 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 glorify pancakes for a reason because it's in the run game. Now, that confidence piece that Mike just brought up, when defensive ends who, quite frankly, nowadays in the SEC are running four sixes and four sevens in their 40s, when they know that you are a threat, when, when they know that this team – is capable of running the football, they mm-hmm. can't pin their pin their ears back as much as they usually do. Yep. When they know you're one dimensional, well, of course they're going they, they're going to rush you and, and and come at you extremely hard. Hand in the dirt, just tee off on the quarterback because you know every single time, and you know Marcus on the other side of it, those D linemen they love that as much as offensive linemen love to run block. Defensive linemen, they love to pass rush. They, they love and, – and, and that's the thing, the confidence piece. The confidence will build, like, and we won't even see it because we, we, we're becoming more balanced. And mm-hmm. now that now that D-line, I, they, they don't know. They don't, they don't know what we're going to do. They don't they, – well, they are a lot more apprehensive in their pass rush because we have that threat because now we've established that. So that confidence piece is just so, so we we can't really skip over that because it's like, and it's building, it's building because we have that. So as many of you guys know, I'm up in Boston uh, as I cover the Patriots this season, I'm covering the Gamecocks remotely and as some of you may know already, my father's been coaching football for a long time, so I get to find a lot of cool old books. And Marcus, I think this book I came across the other day, I've been just going through it, and I'm showing you, people can't see at home, Coaching Football Zone Offense. Wow. Now, this is an old school book, but a lot of the principles are still the same today. In South Carolina has struggled, going back to last season at least, with some of the zone blocking schemes. Um, but I just... I. I bring this up because I think some people don't fully know. It's like, why would you do the zone blocking? Now, again, this isn't Marcus Satterfield, but I'm reading from guys that have had success with zone blocking and why they do it. Because I think some people don't know why South Carolina is doing zone blocking. Provides balance. Allows teams to attack any hole or weakness in the defense. Allows teams to block the line of scrimmage. uh, Deny penetration. Secure. Makes offenses difficult or makes uh, offenses difficult to prepare before because they are able to run a minimal number of base plays. So what I'm trying to get at is this. The whole concept of why they're doing zone blocking is they want to make everything – and Marcus, you tell me. You would know better than me. They want to make things simple. Spot on. And it is – it's it's ironic that we sit here today in the challenges – in the past at least talking about the challenges in the past have been that it's been too complex just like anything there's going to be a learning curve now are they fully there yet maybe not 
But I do feel like some of the challenges that they faced those first three weeks, they were going to happen. They were going to happen. And when you're going up against Georgia, when you're going up against a very good Arkansas team, I think it's going to be difficult to recognize some of that. And I understand, you know, it's not to make an excuse back to last season or anything like that, but you try to piggyback off of it, right? So you have a new quarterback out there. You're trying to figure things out. And you're not fully able to do the things that you probably would like to do so far. But I do feel like they have made strides, even though you haven't been able to see them um, at times. You know, can run against any front or any style of the defense. And as we've seen before with with defenses today, a lot of it's 4-2-5 just because of the game's being more spread out. But the challenges South Carolina has run into, I feel like, more than anything, Marcus, with this offense. And certainly there wasn't really anything to really get too picky about last week. It's been more pre-snap stuff. I mean, give credit to Will Muschamp the week of the Georgia game. I don't know if you noticed it, Marcus, watching that game. A lot of pre-snap movement to the point where South Carolina actually jumped. But a lot of pre-snap movement to try to cause confusions about trying to identify where the Mike linebacker is. And I'm not trying to get too technical and talk over people's heads here. But what it comes down to is I truly do feel like having these two games here, you're going to see improvements with this offense going into the Kentucky game. Now they have to do it this week. They have to do it this week, Marcus, but I wanted to bring that up and, you know, God, this book's probably older than me. I wanted to bring that up just because I do feel like there's going to be some people that are still skeptical about the offense. And I completely get it. They have to do it again. You did it last week. That's great. You have to do it again against South Carolina state. Then you got to do it again against Kentucky. But I feel like if you do see this improvement over the next couple of weeks, this has a large part of it. It was like, it was a perfect storm for things to be able to get turned around. Yeah. One game, though, and I'm not trying to get ahead of ourselves here, but I feel like the timing could not have been any better. And the timing on that inside zone mm. is going to gel even more because that's all it is. It, it's it's timing with the running back and his steps. It's timing. It, it's it, it, Here's the thing, like, that. When when we run zone, it's not always on the offensive line. That the running back has to be able to have patience and keep his shoulder square to see every possible lane. Because quite frankly, inside zone means they're not blocking a man. Mm-hmm. They don't have a man. They have an area. So whoever comes into that area that whoever threatens that area, that's who they take, which means the running back has to replace. So this, this, it has to work in tandem, offensive line, running back, the rhythm, the flow, it all has to work in tandem or so so everything's not always on the offensive line. Mm -hmm. That's one thing fans, fans, really need to know the running back makes a makes a big part of that play working he's a huge part of that play working and if he has the ability to keep his shoulders square and have patience and let those lanes open up and and not not try to force something so that the the fact that we've like came out publicly and said i mean he said he told mark satterfield he wanted to run the ball 
40 times, I believe. Mm -hmm. He told Marcus Satterfield he's going to run the ball 40 times. I mean, that's kind of telling fans, okay, this is this is what we're going to do. This is what we're hanging our hat on. We we have some awesome receivers and a lot of playmakers out there on the field. And obviously we got a playmaker at quarterback. But at the same time, n n nothing happens if we can't control it. N none of the none of the excitement that we want to see from like the, the Rattler esque type of plays that he can make. None of that's going to happen if we can't establish the running game. And every, the coaches know that. The coaches absolutely know that. So going into South Carolina State, can we have the, – the confidence is growing. Can we sustain the consistency? Can we be consistent? Before I ask you about just Thursday night games, midweek games, the adjustments that go on from a mental standpoint as well as from a preparation standpoint, obviously these circumstances are a little different. I do want to touch upon the defense. I feel like the defense, I don't know if timid's the right word. I just feel like they weren't, and this is just my opinion, okay? I don't know if Clayton White would necessarily agree with this. They were playing not to make a mistake out there. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, yes, you have, so I'm not going to count Nick Eamon Worry in there now, uh, because he's been starting the last couple weeks, but you have four other starters out there from last week because you banged up in the secondary. Spalding was out. Darius Rush was out. You obviously are going to be down this season now with Mo Cobb is going to be out of the lineup and Jordan Strong's going to be out at edge. So you're down four starters, not including the true freshman, Nicky Minwari, who did not start the first game, but has started since then in place of RJ Roderick. So I say that, Marcus, because to me, it just felt like, you know, and you know this could be for offense too, but defense especially, you can have 10 guys on the same page. If not all 11 guys are on the same page and you're not doing your 111th, the whole thing's going to get screwed up. So I don't know if they were trying to simplify the defense. It just looked like we saw in the second half a different mindset, more aggression, more blitzes, and you saw the turnover start to come, which is something that they needed. They were minus six South Carolina uh, in their last two previous games, minus seven on the year heading into that game. They were able to first force some turnovers. So that was just my initial takeaway that you have so many backups here. We don't know what's going to happen. That's the other thing, too. With the short week, it's great you're going to have a game in. And, you know, with the safety of everyone involved, hopefully everyone's going to be all right here in not just the Midlands, but throughout the entire Palmetto State and then all, all across the world that are going to be affected by this hurricane. But because of the short week, you just don't know now who's going to be available, you know, who may have benefited having that extra day or two. So you go into this game, need to cause turnovers, but I feel like these backups or the guys that are having opportunities to play a little bit more because guys are banged up, Marcus, they need to step up. They need to step up. They, you don't have to be a Nick Eamon worry and do what, what he's been doing, which is he, he'll probably end up on the all freshman team for the conference, but Man, he uh, you need guys to just be able to just play faster. Stop yeah. thinking. Yeah, you do, and simplify it for him. Mm. Simplify the game plan for him. Short week. We've lost so many key guys 
so there's, I mean, there's just been a lot of turmoil on defense this past three weeks. Um, they've, man, they face some, they face a lot of adversity and some challenges, you know, but I, I will say it was good to see them compete in the second half. You know, in that first half, it was just like you, like you mentioned. I mean, it was just like, come on, let's, let's, let, let, let's prove that we're, let's prove that we're better than this team, you know, and we didn't do that in the first half, but in the second half, you just saw the play calling was a lot more competitive. The players were a lot more competitive. Uh, it, it, it was a lot more physical and you just have to like put, put them in a situation where they can with, with these guys who, who don't have tons of experience. I mean, you just can't, don't worry about them thinking a lot, you know, like, I mean, I'm, I'm talking like, like Clayton White doesn't know this, you know, but it's just like put them in a situation where it's like, you know, they can go out there and play free and play the way that, you know, quite frankly, you, you recruited them to play, you know, be themselves and, you know, put them in those situations where they can make plays and gain confidence because we're going to need them against Kentucky. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, that they're going, they came here to play, you know, and maybe it's a little bit faster than they anticipated, but but let, let's go, let's let's go and let's go and prove yourself. I mean, Nick, 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 even Warrior, I mean, he he hasn't backed down to the. Back down to any challenge, just came his way over the past couple, over the past couple of weeks, and you know, really just exp- extremely proud of him and how he's handled that. But we're gonna need some more Nick Eamon Worry mindsets um, if if we're going to have a chance to compete um, in these next couple of weeks. And you know, with South Carolina State, great test, great mm-hmm. first test, great second test for a lot of guys to strengthen the word of the day which i feel like this podcast has been we've been saying that's confidence yes. strengthen their strengthening their confidence this week so that they know going into kentucky i can do this i can do this i believe in myself and i believe my teammates are going to be in the right position so that i can do my job so mm-hmm. so we heard from rucker on tuesday and one of the things he mentioned was that marcus satterfield had mentioned the word urgency and be ready, be prepared that you could be playing a game a little bit earlier in the week. Now, certainly the circumstances are much different in comparison to when you played North Carolina or some of those Thursday night games. I know Shane Beamer mentioned on Tuesday as well about the Gamecocks playing North Carolina State. I think Russell Wilson was there. That was a midweek game. So it's not a Tuesday. I know Pete Lembo has his his matching backgrounds and ties ball state it's not a tuesday night game it's a thirsty thursday night game at williams bryce but marcus that's a quick turnaround i mean the nfl god bless those guys sunday to thursday huh but even saturday to thursday i know it's not going to be identical because you don't know how beamer does things and obviously things have changed a lot with college football but what are those Thursday night games getting ready for those ones like after playing a game just a couple of days ago on a Saturday? And what's that like the day of the game as a player having to maybe go to class and then boom, you got to get ready for a game. I mean, I know I just threw a couple of things at you, but 
Are you even staying at the team hotel on a Wednesday night? Man, I know this situation is a little bit unique given the the weather and, and you know the possibility of hurricanes. We we knew before the sea. We obviously had the schedule, so we stayed at the hotel. We had we, we knew that we were playing on Thursday, so Wednesday night we actually did stay at the hotel together. Uh, I don't know in this situation what it would be like, but I know for for certain, you know, you go from Saturday to Thursday or Sunday to Thursday, like the NFL does. There's not a lot of. I don't believe there's a padded practice. Uh, I mm. believe a lot of. I, I believe a lot of the work that's done through, you know, those three, maybe three, four days of game planning, maybe three days of game planning, and, and, and you know, walking through, correcting mistakes from last week. I mean, you have to do that first, and then secondly, you know, getting the game plan. I mean, there's not a lot happening. Uh, it, it's. You know, you could probably relate it a lot to how NBA does things, you know, how they play, you know, multiple games throughout the week. You know, you you, you get a lot of rest and you spend a lot of time in the weight room uh, more than more than anything. Uh, but when it when it comes to on the field, there's not there's no pads on. Uh, and, you know, the. the it's you're really treated like a perfect you have to treat it like you're a professional or i mean the results just not going to be what you want you know because i mean if you don't just if you just don't have that level of maturity to be able to handle okay ah we get a little you'll see it as a break you'll see it more as a break than uh okay i need to dial in mentally a lot more than I have in the past couple of weeks because quite frankly, we just don't have the time to fit technique. We don't have, uh, it's a risk. It's a risk to to put pads on from Saturday to Thursday. So I think safety becomes Mm. the number one priority, you know, quite frankly, getting everybody to getting everybody to Thursday and making sure mentally that you are prepared in all your cues because there's again there's just not a lot of time for you to uh rep rep at game speed you know and and you know that sometimes that's a good thing sometimes that's sometimes it, it can set you back not being able to set not being able to rep through things at game speed but a lot of weight room a lot of walkthrough a lot of film um, it, it is is what these next couple of days will look like, and I mean tomorrow is you you're really just going through a walkthrough, mm. a, a, a walkthrough. But it it is probably uh, times three mentally what it would usually be. So if a game was on Friday, I mean if a game was on Saturday, just as it usually is on Fridays, you know the mental. The, the, the mental concepts of, of, you know, just being locked into, okay, when they call punt, being ready to go. When they mm-hmm. call, you know, off, just being locked in on not the, just on the touch up anymore. It's yeah. not just the touch up. And maybe you're not out there for just an hour. You might be out there a little bit longer than that. Yes. Yes. 
it, it, it's it's heavy, heavy, heavy mentally. But uh, I mean, as you know, on Thursday it's, it's football time. It's back, it's back to Marcus. What was it like though on game day though? And I know every player is different. Maybe some players head off, graded graduate uh, transfers, or whatever the case may be. Super seniors, maybe they have. I'm going to get someone offended when I say made up classes. Um, not North Carolina here. There you go. I want everyone back with that one. But um, no, what uh, what's going on that day of the game, though? Because from a routine standpoint, a lot of players, they're big with it, right? Whether it be a night game, whether it be a day game, afternoon game, where it's like, all right, we're playing at this time. We'll do this. Night games, as you know, I know fans love them. I know players, it can be hit or miss. It's like you like it when you're out there, but at the same time, too, all day, it's just like the day just drags on and drags on. These days will speed up now. The day will speed up because you have classes, you know, for the majority of these players. So what? how do you, number one, how do you go through your day um, and get ready for a night? Because, I mean, I can think back to D2, but it, I know it's not the exact same. It's really no template for it because I mean it's just like it's just so it's just so out of whack. Uh, it's just it's just not it's just not a normal week, you know. So so your your brain and your body's like, uh huh, okay, we're, we're playing today, okay, you know. So because because you hadn't been in a routine of doing that, your routine is on Thursday. Heck, I'm still, I'm I'm. I'm I'm going to class and I'm getting ready like for a high practice. school student again. Yeah. There's yeah, there's there's really no preparation for it, but you know, I'm pretty sure the strength staff, the athletic training staff, and the coaches put their heads together and figure out how can we mentally and physically get them ready. But yeah, I, I mean I'm pretty sure class lets out about one o'clock. Mm-hmm. You know, once class lets out about one o'clock, you start your game day routine, which is mm-hmm. uh, quick walkthroughs. I mean, the, that's the first thing you do. You know, you have a quick meeting, then you go to walkthroughs. Uh, then you may watch up. You may watch five or six clips of just quick reminders, mm-hmm. and then I mean, it, it, it's it's back in the warrior mode. You know how. However, they get back in the warrior mode. Hope I mean, hopefully, you're removed from that environment for at least two hours. You know, if you're if we're still in the center of Columbia, I think I think it would be a little bit weird. Um, hopefully, you know, they get on the bus and we still go through that same routine, just so the mind is like, okay, this is what this it's game time now. You know, so hopefully we have the hopefully we have the buses and we bus out and we <laughs> go through a walk through somewhere else because it, it is a weird time to play um, on, on a Thursday night, particularly when you're so used to Saturday night. But I mean, at the end of the day, it, it's the, the, they'll be ready to go. I mean, it, it's football. Anytime. It, hey, I, I love the quote from the app state coach after they played AM. They said we'll play anybody. We'll play in the parking lot. Mm. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll play we'll, we'll, we'll go to China. I mean, he was just like we'll play anywhere. We'll play anybody anytime. Like and that's just the mindset you got to have. Heck, at the end of the day you start playing this game because it was fun. So, 
go out there and have a good time. It's Thursday night. It's new. Let's do it. Let's do it. Before we wrap things up, I have to ask you about Buddy Pugh. I mean, this guy is a right. national treasure. National treasure. And a couple of things I want to just bring up, Marcus, before we wrap up, because number one, these games are often called money games, right? You know, the smaller schools able to get the money and it's they, for playing these games. I don't know what the contract is for this, but from covering South Carolina State for five years, from covering Mississippi Valley State for a year, these HBCUs, I mean, these games are, are vital to be able to help keep their programs afloat. So, you know, first and foremost, you know, kudos to USC and SC State for finding a way to make this happen because it could have been really easy to just say, you know what, screw it. Now, there's a lot of reasons why it's going to benefit both teams. It could be the game that helps get South Carolina into a bowl game if, God forbid, they need a six win. But kudos for making this happen. Um, and kudos for Buddy Pugh, who obviously has ties to South Carolina, who, oh, by the way, for two decades plus, he told me this last year, he's been ordering South Carolina Gamecock tickets. Obviously, he's coaching, so he can't go. So he gives those tickets away to family and friends. So I just bring that up because this is a man who does things the right way. This is a man who represents everything right with not just college football, but the state of South Carolina. And I'm just really glad that he'll have this opportunity to come back and play his former team that he once coached at as an assistant. And uh, the South Carolina State will be able to get that paycheck because they're they're a great football program historically. This state is better when the Bulldogs are being discussed. And we saw that last year when they won the HBCU National Championship. Yeah. If you don't know Buddy Pugh, you uh, you probably shouldn't be coaching. Uh, you probably shouldn't be in football. Uh, because what, just what he represents to the state of South Carolina, uh, you mentioned it. He does everything the right way. He is a great human being. Every time I see him, it's it's just he he gives you all your attention, all his attention. It's always a personal encounter with him, and I mean, you just see why he's had the success that he's had at South Carolina State. But you also see why he has so much respect from all the coaches all across the country. You know, I mean. He's a model to look at, um, and yeah, I, I just I, I hope he stays. I hope I, ho- I hope he stays there as long as long as he wants. Uh, because I mean, South Carolina. It, it, you can't you can't really mention South Carolina without mentioning Buddy Pugh. Uh, it, it's really that it, it, it's really that deep uh, when when it comes to what he's done and take the NFL players that he's produced and championships. I mean, just all of those things, all of those accolades are just uh, a reflection of who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, 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 I wish them the best on, on, on Thursday, but I hope they don't win. Um, so yeah, buddy. I mean, you, it's, it's always great. It's, it's just always great. You can't do nothing but smile when you see him and, and when you're around him. So Appreciate Buddy Pugh and all he does for the state of South Carolina. You're going to hate me when I bring up this this story, and I know it'll be a little bit off because it's not exactly the Marcus Lattimore story. But Buddy Pugh, I mean, he's got his picture up, real road barbecue, 
which is a great barbecue place if you haven't checked it out across the street from Allen and Benedict. Not the same as Marcus. I can't remember the exact story, but our good friend Andrew Richardson tells it. Go into oh this my. restaurant. Oh, there's my a picture God. of Obama. Was it Muhammad Ali? And there's a picture of Marcus Lattimore. Oh, my goodness. The Brown Derby <laughs> in Orangeburg. It's so, much, it's so much good barbecue in Orangeburg, South Carolina. It can you send it up here? Can you send it up here? I mean, I'm glad I can have some clam chowder and lobster rolls, but, man, I miss my barbecue. I miss it. Orangeburg might be the city, man. Really? I mean, it might be the city with the best barbecue for like for real, but Hmm. yeah. That's uh (laughs) what a story. Andrew, we gotta get Andrew on here. We do, we do. Shout out to Andrew. As a child now, so shout out to him and the uh and his wife on uh I'm doing that. They're juggling a lot right now. Marcus, appreciate you, buddy. South Carolina takes on SC State this Thursday. I almost said Saturday. This Thursday night at 7, and you can catch the game on the SEC Network. Everyone have yourself a great week. We'll do it again next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.